All right, Scott, how's it going? It's going well. Fifth week of college football. We are in the fifth week. This is our fifth episode of the Ginger and the Jew podcast. Um, welcome in, everyone. If this is your first time, if this is your fifth time listening to us, we appreciate that. Really quickly, um, connect with us on Twitter and Instagram, Ginger and Jew Pod. Um, that is both Twitter and Instagram. We'd love to chat with you about that. As we said, week five of the college football season, we talk a lot about college football, but Scott would like to bring up something else that happened this past weekend. The greatest sports performer of all time is back on top. Tiger Woods. Is he back? Tiger is back. Look at what, look at what he's done all year. And, and to, Which is not win a tournament in five years. But he's got – it's been a while, but what have you done for me lately? It's just like college football. What have you done for me lately? So what they've done is, is – what the PGA has done is they've created this event – around the FedEx Cup. The Tour Championship's a great tournament. Eastlake's a great golf course. But this win is no different than a Honda Classic or Toyota Classic in the middle of the season. The, no. These are the best golfers, only 30, but they're the 30 best golfers in the world vying for to win the last tournament. And that no one cares about. After the major, the reason they invented the FedEx Cup you tell me is because wait, 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 wait. After they invented the FedEx Cup was because no one watched golf after the majors because no one cares about these tournaments. You nobody cares because Tiger wasn't in it until now. No, no, no. no. They had no, to create no. the FedEx Cup for people to watch the tournaments after the majors are over. Did Correct you, or incorrect? Sure. Did you watch <laughs> Tiger win? And tell me how many people I did cared. watch. Okay. Do you see the 18th fairway on East? That's great. That's great. The reason it doesn't matter is because you only remember, especially, so let's take Tiger out of it. When guys win majors, you remember that. When guys win random tournaments, no one cares. And when you're Tiger Woods, maybe the best golfer ever, besides Jack Nicholas, when you're that guy, you win majors. Any other win doesn't matter. I don't get how this is he's back when it's like... Because this, he, this, because this he hasn't happen. won in five years and he's Tiger Woods. Yeah, so if you'd have won the, the Waste Management Open in Arizona or whatever the tournaments are... But people would be going nuts. They would, and there's no reason to because it doesn't matter. It absolutely like, matters. He's the gold standard of golf, right? Absolutely. Okay, so he is a major winner, not a tournament winner. Also against a smaller field. No. The Masters is a hundred and something guys. But people were counting him out. This is, this is a huge comeback. This is a it. great comeback story. People were counting him out. They were making commercials. Tiger was never going to win again. They were writing him off. This is a great comeback story. This is the Notre Dame is back. This is the Texas is back. This Don't is put the, Notre Dame and Tiger Woods in the same sentence. It's close enough. They used to win national championships or compete for actual championships. And now when they get wins, we want to try to sneak them in the college football playoff or we want to try to make it be more than it is. Well, this is a little teaser. So we are going to put Notre Dame and <laughs> Tiger Woods College where he went to Stanford. Oh, nice. That's yeah, you nice, see where we're going with that? That's a transition. I like yeah, that. Yeah, we're going with that at the so very end. So before I go crazy here... Congratulations to Tiger Woods. You won a tournament. That's great. Tiger being back is winning majors. That's my point. What he did, he dominated that tournament. Sure, he fell off at the very end. Do you end. think those guys he care? The guys that are in the FedEx Cup, there's 30 players, so it's less. It's a smaller field. Do you think any of those guys even had a chance to win the, the FedEx Cup? Like, they're not even playing for anything. I'd pack it up after day one. If I'm Phil Mickelson, Bubba Watson, whoever, I'm not going to win $10 million. I'm going to pack it up. i got to go for the Ryder Cup. I gotta do a bunch the of stuff. impressive thing is Tiger was winning that tournament huge. So I don't care if you add another 50 or so players. Tiger was killing the course. You not only have to play against the players, but you have to play against the course. And Tiger was dominating that course. And for Tiger to be back, I guarantee you the majority of, of fans who are sports fans 
were not watching the NFL when Tiger was on. I was watching the NFL. Well, then you were the only one. <laughs> I was flipping back and forth. Leave it up to a ginger to watch wow. the NFL instead of watching Tiger just completely dominate. That was the story of the dominate weekend for who? me. Dominate who? The 30 best players. Billy Horschel finished second in that tournament. Billy Horschel. If was Billy Horschel was a good golf. Here's what I want to say. If Billy Horschel would have won. Wait, wait, wait. If Billy Horschel would have won, nobody would have cared. The point is, is no one cares who wins the tour championship because they had to invent the FedEx Cup to it even be relevant. It's just like any other sport. You got to win majors. It's about British, the guy. U.S. Open, Green Jacket, done. Nobody cares who wins majors if it's not Tiger Woods or Dustin Johnson or Roy No, McElroy. no, no. People, you remember, I can guarantee you, you remember the last person to win the Masters. I can't remember. We don't know right now, but you, you remember it more <laughs> when exactly, you won't remember, you you remember who won the Tour Championship last year. I don't. Exactly. Because it's just another tournament. Okay. I will remember the, that Tiger won the, the you Tour Championship You will remember because it's the first time in five because years he's done anything. Because it's Tiger Woods. Well, congratulations to Tiger Woods and to my Jewish friend here for watching golf when there's great NFL games on. Okay. I wouldn't say great. I, Tiger Woods <laughs> trumps all NFL games. Now, college football, maybe not. Tiger's bigger than the NFL. Okay. He is. So we're going to stop talking about that because this is not a golf podcast. It is a sports podcast, but we are fully immersed in the college football season. So we've got some headlines. This actually just broke yesterday, so I'm glad we're, we're uh, recording this today. Kelly Bryant, Clemson, starting quarterback, not the starting quarterback anymore. A lot of stuff's been going on. He has said he will transfer. How do you think this has gone down? Do you think Bryant's handled it the right way? Do you think Dabo's handled it the right way? I think Dabo made the decision that's best for Clemson right now. But I think long term, I I think not having Kelly Bryant is actually going to hurt Clemson's chances to win the college football playoffs and the national championship. Clemson's one injury away from Trevor Lawrence to going to their third-string quarterback. I, I I don't like that. I think... Trevor Lawrence is also going to have to face some adversity. He hasn't faced adversity yet. They're going to play better teams down the line, and I think they might need that experience from Kelly Bryant. So I think it's hurting Clemson. Good for Dabble to give Kelly Bryant the opportunity to transfer somewhere else. If I were Kelly Bryant, I actually might have stayed at Clemson. So with the new rule, though, he's played four games. So from my understanding as a novice of this, you're my recruiting eligibility guy. Has he played four? He can redshirt this year. So here's the thing. Dabo handled this right because what I understood, the quote I think I saw Dabo say was, he now can transfer, not lose eligibility, and and Dabo's not restricting where he can transfer. So the thing is, is this is where we're at now. We're at these quarterbacks where the the transfer thing becomes bleeding into the season. But with the new rule, if if Dabo would have came out and said, hey, Kelly Bryant's our starter for, for the next game we've got coming up, Syracuse, if he said he's our starter for Syracuse, he actually hurts Kelly Bryant. So Kelly Bryant should be very thankful this happened. He's making the decision as a 22-year-old. But I agree with you, this is kind of hurtful down the road for them. If, if Trevor Lawrence goes down or doesn't play well, they're in a whole heap of trouble. Dow absolutely did the right thing for Kelly Bryant's future, giving him the chance to transfer without losing that eligibility because he has not played that fifth game. He's only played four games. You can play four games and still redshirt. So Dabo did the right thing there, being honest with Kelly Bryant. But let me, let me ask this. Do you think this is the right decision for Clemson? Would you go with Kelly Bryant over Trevor Lawrence? Because this is similar to the conversation we had where you were all on the Jalen Hurts train versus Tua, and Tua less experienced. Tua might have more 
potential, sure. but you are all about going with the guy who's proved it on the field. Sure. And now Clemson's going with Trevor Lawrence. So how do you view that? Yeah, so I think it, it, they take a little bit of a hit. Um, I think it's very similar to my thoughts on Alabama that it's that Clemson is a train that's rolling, and you're on that train, and you're going to get wins, especially that ACC, which we'll talk about later, which is not good. So, so I don't think it hurts them unless he gets hurt, which is obviously for a lot of teams with their quarterback. Um, I, I do think that it's a lot of pressure for a freshman. I think that, um, you know, it might have been the right time to do it. But I think, you know, my personal opinion, like I said with Jalen, I probably would have gone with the guy that's got the experience, uh, the 22-year-old, not the guy just on campus. You know, and that's what Kelly Bryant was a little upset about. He said he, he, he waited his turn and, and kind of waited around there. And, and I think he's a little upset. I think he's a little um, saying probably some of the wrong things. But um, I don't think it hurts him that much because I don't think the competition's that great. In the, the only way it hurts him is if Trevor Lawrence gets injured. And, and then you're going with a third-string quarterback. Now, I'll say this. Clemson hasn't looked great this year. They've won a, a good game against AM at AM, but they haven't looked great. So maybe Trevor Lawrence is that guy to take them from playing just okay to playing elite. Because in order to beat Alabama – and to beat Ohio State right now, you have to play elite. Yeah, is he more Bryant, talented? Yeah, it's probably the same thing with Jalen too. Is Trevor Lawrence probably more talented? Probably. Um, just from highly recruited, the arm strength, all that kind of stuff. Um, I don't, I'm not a quarterback guru by any means, but he probably is the more talented quarterback. But that experience is something that, that you can't really trade out. So, so we'll see, kind of see how that works. But I'm going to say on record that I think oh, here that we Kelly Bryant was going to see the field again. I don't know if Trevor Lawrence, he's skinny. I don't know if he makes it through the entire <laughs> year. He's a toothpick. He needs to eat. Um, but no, I don't know if he needs to go on my diet, which is not good. But anyway, yeah. so, so he. Uh, he bagels. Yeah, exactly. Just stuff him with bagels right now. Get him some weight. But no, I don't know if he makes the entire season uh, healthy. So I think Kelly Bryant was going to play, and I think they're going to need Kelly Bryant, and they might regret that Kelly Bryant has transferred. This later this season. Yeah, so we'll kind of see how that plays out with their schedule. Like we said, not too much going on. We talked a little bit about Dabo. Let's talk about some other coaches. We talk about this every week. We talk about first-year coaches. We talk about kind of their struggles. Um, we we wanted to kind of have a conversation on who has a longer rebuild. Because I, I came at you hard last week with Scott Frost. The Scott Frost plan is not going well. Um, but we wanted to compare two coaches. So who do you think has a longer rebuild, Scott Frost or Jeremy Pruitt at Tennessee, which looked horrible against Florida, which Florida's okay, but they're not that good. So, so, so who do you think has a tougher road ahead for a rebuild, Frost or Jeremy Pruitt? Well, let's compare who they play within their schedule. And if you see Nebraska and you see – which is on the weaker side of the Big Ten, and then you've got – Leaders or legends? I'm just kidding. Go ahead. The West. <laughs> <laughs> but then you've got Tennessee, Jeremy Pruitt – Every year they have to play Alabama. Every year they have to play Georgia, and then they play those other hard SEC teams. The easier job is going to Scott Frost. And I'll tell you this, Scott Frost, to me, has less pressure because he is a Nebraska guy, so they're going to give him more time. He, he didn't have the best year when he was at UCF his first year. They only won six games. They did turn it around from 0-12 and 12 to 6-6 six and six and then the undefeated. So he made it a massive turnaround. But he did go undefeated his first year. And obviously he's not doing that at Nebraska his first year. But, yes, Scott Frost is going to be the more successful coach. You heard it here. He's got an easier path. And the fans will back him more because he is a Nebraska guy. So if you're putting me in a situation that I'm Scott Frost or I'm Jeremy Pruitt, 
I'd much rather be in Scott Frost's shoes. They've had a horrible year this year, but it's only going to improve. Uh, and Jeremy Pruitt, watching the Florida-Tennessee game, they looked awful. Florida's not that good this year. Yeah. And they looked awful. That rebuild is at least three years, and they still play Alabama every year. They still play Georgia every year. And Florida's only going to get better, and it's just going to be a tough ride for Jeremy Pruitt. Yeah, so I, I, I like Scott Frost. So I said this last year. The reason I don't like Scott Frost is because the team there's already teams that are, are a lot ahead of him right now. I, I think, like I said last week, he's going to start the season 0 and 5. He he got murdered by Michigan, which he had no business doing. 56 to 10. They are not that good. He plays Purdue this week. Then he goes on the road to Wisconsin. I get it. The the Bama, Georgia, Florida murderers row in the SEC is tough for Tennessee. But I, I you could compare some of the teams he's going to have to play in the Big Ten. I think that Tennessee already has, has played some tough competition. Um, I, I wouldn't count them out. I said this at the beginning of the year, though. I, I don't believe in Jeremy Pruitt that much as, as a coach. Heck of a recruiter. I think he gets guys in there. If Tennessee could get some of that national recruiting back, which they're not able to do really just because it's, it, they've, they've been so behind Alabama and Georgia for a while, um, I think I tend to agree with you a little bit. I hate to do that. Um, Scott Frost will be around longer than Jeremy Pruitt will. Um, but – Scott Frost, this rebuild is going to take a while. I think it's it's redoing the whole entire offense, um, and they've got some tough games as well. So so they're going to start 0 and 5. I think this year. I don't think they even beat Purdue because Purdue had a big win this week. Um, but maybe Scott Frost has an easier road in the Big Ten. So ideally, I would like to see Nebraska play Tennessee in a bowl game, even though they're not going to be in a bowl, but still play them in December. That would be good. We should get some lame team bowls. We should, we have so many bowls now. They should put in. Like new coaches' bowls and stuff. Oh, absolutely. You do Arkansas versus Florida State. You do Tennessee versus Nebraska. All right, so we, we've talked about quarterbacks transferring. we talked about some first-year coaches struggling. Let's talk about some positive. Who's been good? Let's talk a little bit about Heisman. We talked about this earlier in the season. Um, we kind of had our preseason predictions. We've got three names listed here. You can talk about somebody outside of that if you'd like to. Um, who's kind of leader in the clubhouse right now? Is it a quarterback? Is it a running back? I'll let you take from maybe one of the names we have listed. So I thought it was going to be Jonathan Taylor from Wisconsin, but the, the guy, it's really been a quarterback year this year uh, with Tua, Dwayne uh, Haskins, and Will Greer. All three quarterbacks are lighting it up. Uh, if you're going to tell me who's in the leader in the clubhouse, in order I would go Tua, Haskins, Greer. Um, those teams have, those guys have some big games. Ohio State has Penn State. We'll see how Dwayne Haskins plays on the road. But right now, how can you go with anybody besides Tua? Tua is just awesome. From the first touchdown of the season where he made that miraculous throw against Louisville, he has looked incredible. Uh, to me, I, you got to go Tua. Yeah, the thing that's crazy is, and, you know, I don't, I don't want to be known as a Tua hater. I just wasn't sure how it was going to work out. Um, just pulling the numbers out right now, it's 12 touchdowns, zero interceptions. It's insane. It's 72% completion. Um, I read a stat the other day that these numbers have come from not even playing a single fourth quarter in any game this year. Um, I agree with you. They'll have some tests down the road. Um, he's probably a leader in the clubhouse, but I would say Dwayne Haskins has been very impressive for Ohio State. I think there was a reason why uh, Joe Burrow was allowed to transfer out of Ohio State. I think Dwayne Haskins is the guy. I think that I agree with you that Penn State game is going to be something to look at um, this, this week just to kind of see how that looks. Uh, but, yeah, I think it's Tua and Haskins kind of right there. I, Will Greer can put some numbers up. He's got a big game this week as well. Um, he probably will get some votes maybe, but you're looking at probably an Alabama guy and an Ohio State guy 
right now. And you said Tua is not going to play the fourth quarter or have played the fourth quarter. When is he going to play the fourth quarter? He's not playing it this week against Louisiana. <laughs> the number on that was 49 and a half. So we'll, we'll kind of really quickly, would you take the Raging Cajuns from Louisiana Lafayette to cover 49 and a half? Absolutely not. Game? Absolutely not. They're going to be down 49 at halftime. So I th- I, Bama could definitely put up 50 in the first half, but – we don't talk a lot of betting lines. I don't like to lose people money. I've had a couple people tell me they lost some money on some things we talked about, which we never say bet this line, bet the house, or anything like that. We kind of steer away from that. You should but go against whatever. I says. would look. I would say we'll talk about that in a minute because someone went zero three last weekend on their picks. But um, so anyway, I just Bama's going to win big, obviously again. So probably no fourth quarter stats for for Tua. So Heisman race should be interesting towards the end of the year. Okay. Um, we're going to go to my favorite segment, which is the carrot top of the heap and our Hoy Vase. Scott, give me some of your um, players of the week or what we call top of the heap for last week. We're going to the Commonwealth State of Kentucky. Ooh. Kentucky, we're talking football here, not basketball when we're talking Kentucky. Kentucky Wildcats, Benny the Man Snell. The man. Saying, is that his nickname, the man? They're saying Snell, yeah, in Kentucky. Whoa, that, wait, what, is, what is Benny Snell's nickname? I don't know keep what going, it is. Keep it's going. Snow, yeah. Snow, yeah. That's what they're saying. Snow, yeah. They're making shirts that say Snow, yeah, in Kentucky. So, oh, I just see they, they, they have produced a Heisman video. They have. He's going to get this. This is like, he's going to get this the Joey, Joey Harrington. Harrington. I was about to say, he's going to get Joey the, Harrington billboard in New York. Benny Snell, to, right now, is the best running back in college football. Uh, he might be the best player in the SEC, not named Tua uh, currently. He is carrying that team. Benny Snell against uh, Mississippi State that has a really good defense with. 25 carries, 165 yards, four touchdowns against a very good defense. He is the heart and soul of that Wildcats team, and that Kentucky team is undefeated. Benny Snell, you are the carrot top of the heat. So, little insight here. We work in an office, and there's a couple of Kentucky basketball fans here, and now they're starting to chirp a little bit about the football team, so very interesting, really cool to see. Florida's got a pretty decent football team, still a lot of games to be played. But that was a big road win. They put, they put on the road. No, they were at home. But, I mean, big win for Kentucky. I think it was 28-7 against Mississippi State. So, um, really big win for them. So, I agree. And then the other carrot top of the heat was probably the game of the week that Nick will get into in just a second. Uh, uh, Oklahoma versus Army. Uh, Army is a running team. But when you have 28 tackles, you are the carrot top of the heat. And Kenneth Murray, you deserve that recognition. 28 tackles versus Army. Look, if they wouldn't have had him, they probably would have lost because that game went into overtime and they Absolutely. won by a touchdown. So, so Kenneth Murray, big shout out to him at Oklahoma linebacker. Okay, so my top of the heap, there is only one person this week that deserves the carrot top of the week from me, and that is Blake LaRusso. You Who? Yeah, you don't know who Blake LaRusso is. You better no, look up the stats because if you noticed the old Dominion University Monarchs, when they, they had Virginia Tech come to them at home. Not only did he put up 30 for 49, 495, that is very close to 500 passing yards, four passing touchdowns, and, oh, just a little icing on the cake, let me rush, let me get a rushing touchdown as well. Only the fact also is, is LaRusso was not even their starting quarterback the whole season. He's had some mop-up duty, some kind of split time with somebody. Um, Blake LaRusso, Old Dominion. Huge win. I read, a, I read a stat that the FPI, the little prediction they come out with, they had a 1% chance of winning. They were 99% chance to lose this game, and they came up big. Big shout-out to Blake LaRusso. We'd love to be an Old Dominion podcast. I have, a, quite, I have a question <laughs> about this game. Why was this game played at Old Dominion? 
Who who is scheduling games? So for the Virginia crazy Tech? thing is, for the next five years, they have two more on the road. I heard this the other day that they have more home and homes with Old Dominion, which I'm sure they're trying to get out of as fast as they can because they're supposed to go to Old Dominion in like 2022 and 2024. They play them like the next four years. It's so crazy. What, what is it with these ACC teams? Vatek playing at Old Dominion, Miami playing at Toledo and at App State. There's nothing. Are they to struggling lose. for money? There's nothing <laughs> to lose but the game. See what's, what's crazy is Virginia Tech had nothing to gain by going to Old Dominion. Nothing to gain at all. So some real Makes no um, sense. athletic directing, a- athletic directors being creative and getting Virginia Tech to come see you. So, um, okay, so let's go to some Oyves. Scott, who you got? Who was just rough? Who had a rough weekend? You've beat this guy down like a dead horse. <laughs> it's Scott Frost in Nebraska's offense. Oh. Uh, moving in the future, I'm high on Nebraska, but when you go 132 yard total yards, oh. 3.9 yards per pass, 1.3 yards per rush, Oy they that is atrocious that is horrible offense would never thought scott frost's offense would be that bad that game was over when it during kickoff right during kickoff that was even the warm-ups that game was over michigan was just outclassed nebraska uh and nebraska's uh, michigan's defense they have a phenomenal defensive coordinator don brown gives them a lot of credit but those stats boy they what's he doing i'm telling you he's gonna start on five it's it's insane might be right on that. The other way they goes to uh, the actually the best game. Uh, Oklahoma Army was a great game, but one of the craziest games happened. Pac-12 after dark. You have Oregon Stanford. Oregon in that game, I think, had a 99% chance to win that game. The way things were going out, when they were 24/7, they were 24/7 going into score. The guy runs out of bounds, his foot hits the pylon, runs out of bounds, and at the one-yard line, Oregon could just run it in. They go in shotgun. The ball gets snapped over the quarterback's head. Stanford runs it back for a 99-yard touchdown, and things changed from that moment forward. 59 seconds left. Oregon trying to ice it. Oregon icing it. Oregon the ball. running the ball. Got the first down. I feel bad for those Running kids. back fumbles. Stanford kicks the field goal, goes into overtime. Stanford wins. How Oregon lost that game? Oi. So I'm excited because I obviously took Stanford in our picks. I went 3-0 and this past weekend, which we'll get into in a minute. That was luck. So Andrew Luck's not there anymore, but Bryce Love is, and a couple other people we'll get into later because we're going to pick their game against Notre Dame this week. But I agree with you. Definitely an Oive for Oregon. But this is David Shaw. I, I, David Shaw, calm demeanor, calm guy, always prepared, has that team ready to go. And like, if you never give up, it's 24-7. Things can go your way. Tough road environment. I heard, I think it was Herb Street or Chris Fowler was saying, it was quiet in there. It was crazy to hear that place after that game was the, over. So. The fans were shell-shocked. The players had to be shell-shocked. Yep. They, they thought they scored, then it got reviewed, and they went out of bounds. Yep. And then they fumble a 98-yard touchdown for Stanford. And that, that pretty much was the game. They couldn't recover from yep. that. Yep. Stanford, another big win. Stanford's Pac-12 kind of leader right there. Okay. Uh, my OIVs, um, the entire conference that calls itself the Atlantic Coast Conference. Um, Virginia Tech, we'll go through this real quick. Virginia Another Tech, crappy conference. Oh, my God. That's ACC. what it should be. Virginia Tech lost to Old Dominion with backup quarterback. Wake beat down by Notre Dame, but the worst part was they couldn't even get their kicker out to kick a field goal. I don't know if you saw his clip. Tell the guy he's got a kick. Then he comes out and he, he dings it off the, off the upright there. That was sad. But Boston College, 0-3 Purdue coming in. You get beat 30-7 to or something, something crazy number like that. Louisville? 
Their coach is Bobby Petrino. I think he's an offensive guy. They put up three points against Virginia. Three. Three points. The ACC, these are the types of teams Clemson has to play. So give me Trevor Lawrence and whoever. Give me their third-string guy. The ACC's got nobody. Literally no other teams can come close to Clemson, even if Clemson hasn't played well. So that's a huge Oive Atlantic Coast Conference. Three undefeated teams in the Atlantic Coast Conference. Can you name them? Miami, Clemson, and... Is Miami not undefeated? They got whooped by LSU. LSU, that's right. Okay. Coach O, how come you're from Coach O? I was trying to name the one of the better teams in the ACC. Okay, so, so you Clemson, got Clemson. Clemson, um, NC State. So there's four undefeated teams <laughs> in the ACC. You don't even know how many there are. I can't wait. Who are the other two? Who are the other two? Who have they played? You've got Duke and you got Syracuse. Uh, you got Duke. some basketball schools yeah. you forgot about. Duke's actually favored this week, which I was looking at earlier. So they, But I will say this. If NC State's game would have against West Virginia would not have gotten canceled due to the hurricane, they would probably have a loss. Too. Exactly. There we go. Uh, my, my last Oive, we talked about this earlier, Oklahoma Army game, this game was on pay-per-view. You're probably listening to this, if you're under the age of 30, you might not even know what pay-per-view is because it doesn't really exist anymore. Tried to find the Army-Oklahoma game as I was watching the numbers kind of roll through on the scores. Could not find it. Found out that there's some kind of rule in their Big 12 TV license where each team gets one game a year to do whatever they want with it. Put it on Facebook. Give it to everybody free, whatever you want to do. They decided to have their fans pay 30, 40, 50 bucks to watch this game, and they almost lost. So, what is going on? You, you, don't, you can't have a game on pay per view. It's, it's 2018. I was, I was trying to find the game, too, and I couldn't, you couldn't find, find it. it. I couldn't find it. One of the better games this year goes into overtime. Army almost pulls it out. Um, Oklahoma, big Oive for putting your game on pay per view, but almost losing to Army, which is a 31 point underdog in that game as well. Now, speaking of, speaking of underdogs, when you got the military uh, schools... They, I, I ran this number. Yeah, yeah, I read an article. Shout out to SB Nation. They may listen to this or may not. Um, I read an article that said when the Armed Service Academies, you know, Armed Force, Air Force, Army, Navy, when they play um, as a three-touchdown underdog, 35-11-1 against the spread. So they always cover the spread. Because you don't want to be the coach that runs it up on the armed service guys. Everybody's got a ton of respect for them. They normally run kind of some some triple option type offense. They can do ball control. To beat them by 31, Oklahoma wasn't going to beat them. We're by trying 31. to make you some money. We'll try to we're listening here. So bet. We'll talk some more spreads as we move the forward. The armed so. forces if they're a three-point underdog. No, no, no. Three touchdowns. Three touchdowns. Sorry. Yeah. Three touchdown underdogs. Okay, so we're going to get into our pick segment, which is no fun to just call your picks of the week. So, Scott, what do we call this? Who'd you got? Who'd you got? This is who'd you got weekend predictions. Like I said, i got to tout myself a little bit. Last week, Nick went 3-0. and Scott went 0-3. The update on the year. I'll give you two and a half. That's fine. Because Stanford, 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 Stanford Oregon. A w is a W. A half the update is Scott for the year 7-6. and six. I am at 8-5. and five. Neither one of us has probably made you any money. We normally just talk winners. We can talk numbers a little bit. We've got three matchups. Sometimes we do four. We've got three pretty big matchups this week. We're going to dive right in. Um, first and foremost, big, big, big 10 battle here. Um, you've got number four, Ohio State. They are a three-and-a-half-point road favorite against number nine, Penn State. So, Scott, i got to ask you like I ask you every week, who'd you got? So this is the Big Ten game of the year. Uh, Ooh, game of the year. Yeah, game of the year in the Big Ten. No, Scott Frost not be. You got yeah, Scott Frost is not be <laughs> the Big Ten game of the year. Ohio State at Penn State. They're doing a whiteout. Uh, atmosphere is going to be electric in Happy Valley. Why they call it Happy Valley, I don't know. But Beaver Stadium in Happy Valley. We need to look that up. I don't know, but they're not going to be very happy at the very <laughs> no. end of this night. So Ohio State, Dwayne Haskins. I can't bet. Just like Tua, I can't bet against Dwayne Haskins. Uh, give me Ohio State. Their passing game, Penn State, Trace McSorley's been great. Their defense has not been great. And so, give me Dwayne Haskins on the road 
uh, in unhappy valley yeah. for Penn State. Definitely, I agree. Definitely going to be a tough place to play. I know it gets pretty, pretty uh, rowdy up there. Um, I think I agree with you. I think that Hassan's is going to be too much. I do like Trace McSorley. I like what James Franklin's done. He's kind of taken his, his lumps in the SEC, and he learned how to recruit, and he's doing it up there at Penn State. they got a really good team. Uh, but Ohio State's been doing it with Urban Meyer for a while. Um, Haskins too much. Um, so Ohio State, they probably cover that number too, three and a half. So um, I'd probably take them outright and the number. Okay, um, second game we got, we're going to go to a, a rivalry. I think Notre Dame calls a lot of their games rivalries. Um, number seven, Stanford Cardinal um, at number eight, Notre Dame. Notre Dame, five and a half point favorites. That's really interesting. Who you got? Who'd you got, Scott? That's a lot of points. So you got the Fighting Tiger Woods versus the Fighting Irish. Uh, <laughs> so who are the Brady Quins? Want to give them the Brady Quins or the uh, just the Lou Holtzes? The Lou Holtzes, the Fighting Irish. <laughs> but Stanford, you're going with the Fighting Tiger Woods. I got so Stanford coming off a great win, a miraculous win at Oregon. They're going to have to travel again. They traveled to Notre Dame, uh, middle of the country. Uh, night game, I believe it is again. Uh, five points is a lot. I think it's going to be closer than that. Uh, I would say a three-point game or so. But something about Notre Dame with the change in quarterback. With, with Wimbush, they were so inconsistent. But I think you're going to have more consistency now with the quarterback they have. Ian, Ian, Book. Ian, Ian Book. Book. I was going to mention him earlier. He was on kind of my short list for top of the heat. But really good game there at Wake Forest. He had a lot of good numbers. So Ian Book. Uh, so if I'm going with this, I'm going Notre Dame uh, probably by about three. Stanford in the Pac-12. There, there's some concern with the Pac-12. Who's going to be in the playoffs? They're going to have a one loss. If they get in. If they get in, maybe Stanford, Washington. I think you're going to have Stanford with a loss. I think Notre Dame wins that game. Okay, so I did some research on this. Um, I, I got in early with Stanford early in the year. I love Bryce Love, right? I had a lot of love for Bryce Love. Been watching them over the past few weeks. I got a few names for you. I've talked about KJ Costello, really good player. But I want to talk about JJ Arcega Whiteside. This is the wide receiver for Stanford. He's been Stop. making moves. He's seven touchdowns on the season. And you know what that doesn't help out is when Notre Dame is the 85th in pass defense. I've looked up stats. I've got numbers here, Scott. I'm giving you stuff. Give me KJ Costello, the wide receiver, David Shaw, Bryce Love. Notre Dame's not that great on defense. They haven't played a tough schedule. We can say the Michigan game was okay, but give me Stanford outright winner, which means they cover the five and a half. So the ginger is going against the Irish, and yeah. the Jew is going with the Irish. <laughs> what has this world come to? Well, look, I'm trying to pick winners and go 3-0 again this week like I did last week, and I'll continue to tell you how good I did last week until I don't beat you again. I will say, I'll give myself an oy vey for my picks last week, but I'm going to be top of the heap this week. Oh, okay. You can't give yourself top of the heap. We need a belt. We need like a sideline. We need something. we gotta, we got to work on that. I'll see, I'll see if I know. Give us some suggestions. Come yeah, on. Yeah, we got to... Tweet us, tweet us, what should we do if you're the top of the heap for the week or if you're uh, the top of the heap when it comes to picks? Tell us what we should yeah. what we should wear. All right, so last pick for this week, um, I think a, a team that's kind of near and dear to our hearts, number 12, West Virginia. They are a three-and-a-half point favorite at Texas Tech, who is number 25. They've cracked the polls here. So, Scott, who'd you got? Poor scoreboard. The scoreboard is going to break at this game. Uh, these two teams are lethal on offense. Uh, you got Will Greer, who's going to torch the Texas Tech defense, but you got Bowman, the Texas Tech freshman quarterback, who's going to torch the West Virginia offense. It might be our defense as well. It might be whoever has the ball last. I know the game's in Lubbock. Um, I'm high on West Virginia this year. I like Dana Holgerson. I like that offense. I love Stills, the wide receiver. 
Uh, give me West Virginia in this game. Country road, baby. Country road. We need to get a little drop in there. Okay, um, so looking up Texas Tech's schedule, I, I looked at this. They've put up 77 in a the game. They put up 63 in a the game. Um, they put up 40-plus in every single game. Um, only one of those games, or the Oklahoma State and Ole Miss games, were pretty competitive. Um, I, I agree with you. I think the scoreboard's going to break. But Will Greer, that offense – but the West Virginia has stepped it up on defense. I think they've kind of come a long way. You know, Holgerson's always known to have a really good offense, but the defense has always lacked. I think they've kind of stepped up their game a little bit on defense. So West Virginia, um, what's the number, three and a half? Ooh, I think, man, that's tough. Um, just give me West Virginia outright. I don't want to talk betting because I don't want to lose anybody any money. Um, so that is what I've got for the week. So, so we'll, be, we'll, we'll be talking about those next week, um, exciting week of college football. Um, we hope everybody's doing well out there. And, uh, Scott, you got anything? I think come next week, what we're probably going to talk about realistically, Ooh, who has a, it's a tease, who has a chance uh, at the playoffs. And then maybe we might do some hypotheticals. If, if Clemson has a one loss, can they get in with yeah. that week's schedule? Notre Dame, et cetera. So a lot of, a lot of things might play out. Um, but you know what? We've got to see what happens this week. And then based off what happens this week, We'll be here to talk about it next week. Yeah, a lot of those top 25 matchups this week will kind of set some people apart. You know, we talked about Stanford. So if Stanford gets a loss, you got Notre Dame that's looking at probably a top five ranking or top six or something. If you want to see a surprise team, and and I don't want to necessarily lose you guys money, I think Clemson is definitely somewhere in the 20s, high 20s as a point favorite at home against Syracuse with Trevor Lawrence starting. I like Syracuse to cover that. I think this is going to be close. 25 and a half. That's way too much. Syracuse will make this game close. They beat them a few years ago in the Dome. Was it last year they beat them? They beat them in the Dome. Yeah, they beat them last year when Kelly Bryant got injured. I know Clemson wants a rematch of that but uh, in revenge, but Syracuse, I think, keeps that close. So watch out for that game. Uh, if you're a fan, and that could shake up college football. Are we picking? Are we picking? We're going to win some people some money here? I could pick something out if you wanted me to. I mean, we can tell people not to follow it, but uh, we'll just stick with that. Um, I'll just stick with the straight-up winners I gave you. Um, appreciate everybody listening, and we will talk to you next week. We're out. We'd like a-